side, it just felt like it was right on top of the building, right on top of the space. All right, I want to welcome everybody tonight to our city council meeting of the city of Zephyr Hills. It's Monday, February 26th. It's about 6.03. May I have the roll call, please? Yes, sir. Lance Smith. Here. Ken Burgess. Here. Mayor Monson. Here. Jody Wilkerson. Here. Charles Proctor. Here. Steve Spina. Here. Matthew Maggart. William Poe. Here. Thank you. Um, I want to welcome again everybody here. We have a nice group here tonight. And um, if you want to speak to an item, please sign up with our clerk, Lori Hillman, right here. Um, if you want to speak to something, you can speak at the time that it's addressed on the on the agenda as well. Um, and with that, I would ask uh, Pastor Nick DeFord to come up. He's going to give the invocation, and we'll follow it with the pledge. Everybody rise. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, sir. God, we thank you for an opportunity to gather here. Uh, we, we live in a great nation, and there's a lot going on around the world and around the, around the country, but we also have a lot going on here, a lot of excitement going on, new sidewalks going in, a lot of safety improvements and improvements to the public life going on, and we thank you that we can work in and, and live in a city that's improving all the time. God, I just ask right now that you would give us a spirit of gratitude, patience and kindness towards one another, that you would help us to work through any problems that might arise tonight, that we can discuss them thoroughly, but come up to uh, solutions that work for everyone that lives in this city and calls it home. God, I pray that you would bless each person here tonight, the work that they put in both now and throughout the weeks and the hours in the week. God, we just pray that you would lead and guide them in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Nick. <coughs> all right, and I do want to remind you, just silence your phones if you could so they don't go off. Somebody's is going to go off tonight, I guarantee it, too. Um, okay, the first item uh, of business is the mayor, and I think we're going to move 1.4 up to the top. So, um, Mayor, you want to take a good Yeah, take a so if we can have uh, Chief Brewer come on up. Exciting day. Good evening. Chief Brewer with Sephiroth's Police Department. Tonight, I am pleased to announce the promotion of canine officer Morris Sparkman to the rank of sergeant. This promotion reflects Officer Sparkman's dedication, exemplary service, and leadership within our department. Since Officer Sparkman joined our team, he has consistently demonstrated a commitment to maintaining the highest standard of professionalism. As Sergeant, Officer Sparkman will take on increased responsibilities in supervisory roles, mentoring junior officers, and contributing to our department's strategic planning and decision-making process. We have full confidence that he will excel in his new role and continue to make significant contributions to the success of our law enforcement efforts. At this time, I'm going to have his wife come up and pin his badge on him. Karen.
please join me in congratulating Sergeant Moore Sparkman. Next, we have Pascal Collard that's going to come up and talk to us about um, SVB. Pascal Collard, SVB. Um, thank you for your support. It's been three years now that we started this amazing adventure. And, you know, I, I'm from Belgium originally, as you know by now, and uh, it's been fantastic. And uh, um, every day is something new in Zephyr Hills, and we're very excited uh, tonight to present you something that's... Uh, above my expectation to be even part of it. Um, I'm going to write down, read a little bit. So um, I was talking to Senator Burgess, our favorite senator, and he's very excited about this as well. As you know, the soldier and the veterans for him is very close to his heart, and this project is absolutely unique. I think unique in the world, probably. Um, so... When I became a U.S. citizen, uh, people asked me why I became a citizen and how. And to be honest with you, the first time I went into a stadium and I saw everybody singing the national items, that was the first time where I got like, wow, this is unique. This is absolutely unique. And then the second thing was the army. I mean, we have the best army in the world, and our soldiers are everywhere in the world, everywhere, taking risks every day, right? Every day for what? For us, to protect us so that we can live a good life. And so when, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Sorry. When Alex uh, and uh, Ryan here came to me with a project and uh, the word that uh, Alex said to me, said, I can't walk, but I can fly. I mean, that, is, that was resonating and um, they created 501C that is absolutely fantastic, and Ryan and uh, Alex will give you a little bit more updates on that with also the new owners of Skydive City. We are thrilled to have them tonight here, Ryan and Kyle, and um, uh, a bunch of other skydivers. It's a, it's a fantastic community. It's, uh, I always say that's where I like to spend my weekends, and I'm, I'm very blessed that they accept me. Um, if only, if you could give me a little bit of a hard time when you pack my shoe, that would be nice because you always give me a very hard time. Um, so we did uh, two small videos for you because I think uh, it tells more than my words and it's going to be easier to listen to. You? No. Just <laughs> use that as your screen.
$20 still. I can't walk, but I can fly. But with that, I need a little help. Through the community of Zephyr Hills and Traverse City, we make that goal possible. My name is Kyle Salvato, and I'm one of the new DZOs here at Traverse City, along with my wife Lauren and my four-year-old daughter Kylan. We feel privileged to be able to carry on the legacy of skydiving here at Zephyr Hills, which existed since the 1960s. Our commitment to safety and family values is paramount here at Skydive City, so come check us out. Zephyr Hills, jump right in. Finding a home for the Skydive First Project was Finding a good community that fit my family and their needs. The second video is the one that we want to look at.
So you, you wonder maybe why we present this, because um, like uh, SVB does the same, you know, we go to 13 different schools, we give back in the community, and I think that's what you all want, and that's what we love to do. This is what Skydive City is doing as well. Um, so just create awareness, talk about it, make sure people know, and make sure people donate, and that would be fantastic. And uh, we will have a, a fundraising as well at SVB just for this project as well, because I think it's absolutely amazing. I don't know if you have a question for Ryan or Alex. Thank you. This is exciting, exciting um, adventure for our city, and we appreciate you landing here. So I can hardly wait to see more people jumping out of that airplane. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I don't know how much time I have allotted to speak. Um, I want to say that uh, Skydive City has been a pivotal portion or part of this process for me. Um, and at no point in time did they ever look at my disability as, as an end state. I was actually suiting up for my last patrol, maybe 12 hours from now, February 27th of 2011. So it's been about 13 years since my injury. And my life drastically changed that night, but it, def it didn't mean it was over. So little activities like this have, have really helped me and uh, just um, move forward as far as mental health is concerned. Also, if I could take an opportunity to share this with somebody else who might be suffering, and, and you don't really know, because especially veterans in my circumstance don't normally talk about what's going on on the inside. So if we can show this to them and it can invoke those conversations, and we can bring them out to them, expose them to these kinds of activities. That's really the end state, is to get them back into that state of mind that I can do anything, nothing's impossible mentality. So that's, that's one of our, the forefront of our, of our, our mission at um, Scott I First Project. Um, you know, over the years, there's been so many exciting things going on at, at Skydive City that, um, but this has truly been one of the most inspiring, I think, and, and to see you come alive like that and, and, and you to facilitate it uh, and the Jump Center to do it as well is, is really rewarding. So thank you for bringing it to us. Thank you. And, and, and it may, may look like we, we made it look easy, but that was two years of doing jumps at Skydive City. I go out there, they pack my chute, they put me on a plane, and they pick me up off the drop zone. That's a lot of legit. And everybody is so, it's the staff, it's a community. It's Scottish kind of City, it's the place, but it's really the people that make it so rewarding. And people just being around that atmosphere. And it's good to see it grow over the last three years. So, and, and again, like I said, at no point in time has anyone ever said no. They're always walking up to me to put, pick me up, to put me on the plane, to pick up my things. So it's a, it's a, it's a loving community, and, I, and again, I can't speak more about it. Mr. President. Yes. Uh, and I know Pascal said that you spoke with Senator Burgess, but um, I don't know if you sent this video to him, but he's probably the number one ad advocate for veterans in, in the state legislature, and I know we're kind of late in the session now, and he's very good friends with the head of the De Florida Department of Veterans Affairs, and he will definitely spread the word, um, get you recognition, I mean, it's, it's, he would be a, a, a huge ally for that project. 
Thank you very much. And adventure therapy is kind of a new thing. A lot of yeah. people haven't heard about it yet. It's actually been going on for about 60 years. And I don't know the exact date, but 60 years ago this year was the first skydive made in Zephyr Hills. And it was made by the Army Golden Knights. We have one of their sons here with us tonight, still carrying on that trans tradition. And Alex and I had the pleasure of joining the Golden Knights recently over Zephyr Hills. And we're continuing to do that and going with them to establish things for veterans further with them and promoting it. Kyle Salvato, Skydive City. I don't know if I have to say that by now. But um, I wanted to talk about why this is super touching for me because this is, uh, when I showed up, I knew Rain previously from coming down here season after season. But when I came down here this year in November, we moved our family down, uh, and Rain told me about it. How I got into skydiving was for veterans. So my parents' friends from high school was a Korean War paratrooper, and he said uh, for his 77th birthday back in 2007, which I think I told you guys when I started, but um, that he wanted to do a skydive, and we organized a, a fundraiser for Veterans Health Association of Long Island. And um, we ran that fundraiser for 10 years and raised over a million dollars doing that. And when I heard about this project, I was like, all right, let's, let's ride. And so Skydive City is very excited to have it. We're going to do anything we can to support it and continue to run with it. So I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to hear us tonight and to everyone for coming out. So I appreciate everything. And we're looking forward to just building this for them and hopefully helping other people because it's a serious issue that people have to deal with. And, you know, one moment can change the rest of your life. And in our community is very accepting to all walks of life. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you, guys, and I, I really do appreciate you bringing us down here. We wouldn't know otherwise. We don't know, so we appreciate you bringing it down here, Nard, to attention. And please do get a video to to us to get to Senator Burgess, because I think it, I think it will be able to help you some. But thank you again yeah, so much. Thank you, thank you very much. Thing we have is Pascal. He's going to talk about the tennis center. Thank you. Oops, Pascal Collard. <laughs> yep, you can advance. Um, again, I think you all know by now what what we're trying to do there and what we are achieved in the last uh, you know three years. It's been very exciting. A lot of uh, struggling. Obviously, it's not an easy road, but uh, we are doing well and very happy about it. Um, we do need some help though at certain moment and uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm here is to adapt a little bit the pricing basically. But this is true, this is, this, these are facts that we realize in, in three years and we will send that to you as well so you have it and you know, you can read at home. Pretty simple numbers um, to understand. Uh, but I think it, it is important also to, to be aware of them uh, because when you come to SVB at night or you come to SVB like early morning, it's pretty packed, I would say. Sometime of the day, it's a little bit weaker. So we have our weaknesses and we're working on these like uh, every day. 
we need to go more international. And um, the only way to go international is, unfortunately, for me to travel a little bit more uh, and to recruit, which I started doing about three months ago, and it already, you know, it's coming to fruition, I would say. Um, and we also uh, probably will partner with a very exciting name in the tennis industry. I wish I could tell you that tonight, but it's not going to be tonight. But he's a big name in the tennis industry, and I really want to, we, with Andy, my partner, really want to bring him to Zephyr Hills because this would be uh, a game changer for, for us and, and, and for the city, hopefully. Um, this is our rate. Um, Actual rate, and we are asking the permission to uh, race. We didn't do any race in, in the last, uh, you know, three years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it reads for itself. Uh, one of the biggest issues that we had is that we had guest fee that we draw very low, and people basically didn't uh, become members uh, because of the very low uh, guest fee. And with people from Tampa, Wesley Chapel, Dade City coming and, and using the facility and it was definitely a, um, a problem. Uh, we also went a little bit with snowbirds, uh, not snowbirds, sorry, uh, silver sneakers. Um, <laughs> uh, sometimes similar. Uh, but uh, we, we, we had a little bit of issue with them because, you know, um, at one point it, 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 we had so many coming, so many, that they were really on all the courts and there was no more courts available for actually the resident. And we love to, to have them. We love to have the, the, the silver sneaker, but we have to balance it a little bit. And again, this is a learning curve. We're learning as we go. And uh, as, as you know, you know, every six months we try to reinvent ourselves and, and analyze what's good and what's bad. Um, so that's why we, we suggest this. Um, yep. So as, as I explained, the international pieces are, that, that's where we, we, I would say we were not successful. So we built that boarding program, that apartment complex with 98 beds, and we literally have only 10 students in it, which is, you know, it's a, I wouldn't say a failure, but it's not, we were not successful enough. Um, I, there, there are many reasons to that, uh, and it's changing. Uh, I think the location definitely didn't help at the beginning. If you want to recruit, you know, in India, Europe, you know, it's not, it's not, we're not in Boca, we're not in Miami, but it is changing. Um, and you will see that, uh, hopefully we can partner with that, that company. And three years ago, that company said, no, 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 don't even talk to us. You, no way, no way. Zephyrils, no way. And now they're on the table. Um, they came here. They flew me to Europe. So looks like very promising. But we still have to work very, very hard um, because the overheads of the center is pretty heavy. And uh, we don't like to complain, but, you know, work through it. Uh, yep. Sorry. The last one, please. <laughs> Thank you. So maintain the, 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 the quality of all our service. Um, you all come to, to, the, to, to the center, and for us, that's what we always want to be, number one. We want to be you know, the most beautiful place, welcoming place. We don't want to take anything away just to, you know, make more money or something like that. So that's why I'm asking you to uh, look into those pricing. That's it. Thank you very much. Um, and let me ask you a question. Um, thank you, Pascal. I'm sorry. I was trying to get to the business side. Um, they, you have to come to us for the pricing per your contract, is that Correct. right? Correct. Yes. Because I, well, it's another discussion, but um, so we need to have a motion on this item to go ahead and prove the pricing has presented, correct? Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, I appreciate you 
through the roof. Yes. I totally understand what you need to do. I have one question. On the guest fee, those are all for 90 minutes use of the courts? That's correct. Okay. All, uh, <clears throat> for the uh, tennis and pedal and pickleball? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right. I move that we accept the rate increase as presented. I have a motion and a second for approval of the rate increase. All in favor say aye. 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 Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Pascal. Thank, thank you for you. coming down. Thank you for everything you do for Zephyr Hills, too. Thank you. And, and thank, thank you, you for, because your foundation last year served over 800 children, which is amazing, and helping these kids learn how to play tennis and to be part of a family, learn leadership skills, and uh, I've seen it in action. It's pretty impressive. So uh, you just throw me a ball, and I have to respond. So okay. it was another question, but uh, we are now in 13 different schools. We now have a bus, and we actually go and pick up the kids in the school, and we bring them to SVB. Because when we started, we were doing it in the park, and then we all felt like, you know what? No, let's bring those kids to the center. You know, they, they, they deserve it big time. And it's been absolutely amazing. I mean, the parents are coming. We didn't have that. The parents are coming. They stay there around. And so now, uh, I mean, we have, you know, 13 schools and more than 100 kids. So, and, and we get sponsor, racket. Um, Babolat gave, you know, racket at a very, very, very uh, low price. So it's been, it's, been, it's been great and, you know, happy. Thank oh, one you. Other, one other quick question. Is there, is there any time during the day that, uh, say, for example, a Zephyr Hills resident gets a discount over someone else that might be visiting, or are they even have free play at any time? Yes, uh, it's free. You can come to SVB from 12 to 2, and you can play any sport you want. It's absolutely free. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people don't know that, but uh, it's a real treat for our residents when really this center was designed as an economic driver, and so... Indeed. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you, Pascal. Thank you. Thank you so much. For the record, that the city attorney is here. Do you know what time? Six oh two. Six oh two. Thank you. Six oh one, but we'll go with that. Didn't start the meeting till six oh three. <laughs> um, we're going to have an update on our water, water use permit from Mark, Mike Clark and Michelle Hayes. Thank you, guys. Good evening. Mike Clark with Jones, Ed <clears throat> Jones Edmonds. I've been battling some bronchitis. Like some water? I'm going to let Michelle do most of the talking tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, John Bostick had asked us to come up. Uh, we met with Swift Mud last week about the WAP. Thank you. About the uh, WAP we're currently trying to achieve modification to it, and uh, the uh, challenges we've had working with them to meet all the demands and needs that they've provided to us. Um, I think what we'd, what we'd like to do is start off with a quick, brief, just quick history, where we started, how we got where we are, and then where we uh, are right now and uh, what we have left to do to uh, achieve this. So turn over to Michelle. So this is just a timeline um, that kind of walks through where we came from. February last year, um, we did a 
pre-application meeting with the district to discuss coming in with a permit modification and talked with them about what would be needed. And then in April, we prepared that modification and submitted it for their review. Um, June 15th, the, the first request for additional information was issued. And then this is kind of a list of some of the item or the items that were contained in that request. Um, you know, the first one, they wanted to confirm the quantity that we were requesting. Um, they asked for some additional groundwater modeling and confirmation of the groundwater <coughs> modeling submitted. They asked for additional residential development information. Um, that was a pretty extensive request that took a lot of effort to put together. Um, and then there's, you guys have an environmental monitoring plan and a site that is monitored for potential impacts and they wanted to set up a visit to that site and they also requested that um, the water conservation plan be restructured. And then, um, so we were working through that September 13th. We submitted an extension request to complete some of the items. One of those was um, coordinating a meeting to do the site visit at the EMP and then also putting together the information on the residential developments. Um, the planning department put together a lot. It was a large spreadsheet with um, information on the status of the zoning, if they had applied for an ERP, you know, do they have site plans? If they had site plans, we had to include them. And so it was a very large REI response when we finally submitted it in November. And then we received in December 13th another REI on, on the, the REI response we submitted was public. It was like 600 pages. It was pages over 600 pages. 600 page uh, a lot of that was the, the is planned. It, is that typical or? A lot of that was the planned development information. Okay. So those residential developments, I think there was over 30 of them. And so we had to submit everything we had okay. on them. So. Also point out that one of the things that we had a challenge with this go around was because we had so many developments and so many different things. And Todd's group did a fantastic job working with us and getting us the information we needed. But the, the level of detail they were requesting was extraordinary for what we were trying to do, a simple modification. So sorry to point out that. It was a big, big report. <laughs> well, and the EMP plan is a big item as well as the conservation plan. So those, those took some effort. And Can you tell me EMPs. what's the EMP? What is that? That's EMP. the environmental monitoring plan. Okay. So that, that's monitoring what, oh, you have a couple wetlands where we take water levels from and one we have a vegetation transect that you do monitoring at. And the purpose of the wetlands are to make sure that we aren't impacting the uh, aquifer or the wetlands in any way. That's kind of our, our litmus. But that's our yardstick to see if you're not, you're drawing down too much, yeah. right? So um, in December, we received a second REI, and just, uh, I guess it was last week, we met with the district. We've prepared a draft response, but this time, you know, we wanted to go through it with them so that we have their concurrence and make sure that we address everything that they're looking for in this one. Um, again, there was questions on the groundwater modeling, which I think we've confirmed. They wanted to know specifically where the well would be located. Um, they want to see the draft agreement with the well owners. These are the, the permits that would be retired and transferred to the city. And right now there's a draft agreement that the city has received and is reviewing. So we think we'll be able to submit a draft. <coughs> and we confirmed with the water management district that a draft would be enough and they can write a condition in where as long as that draft, that agreement is executed, 
within a certain amount of time, the city can receive the additional water. Um, they would like to see additional monitoring sites, and that's a little bit difficult, so we're still working through that just because there's a limited number of wetlands that the city has access to that are appropriate for the type of monitoring that they'd like to see. They wanted a geospatial analysis of the planned developments, so we have that and we'll provide that to them. Slide. But before you go that far down, one of the questions we had um, uh, two two weeks ago was that the uh, request for additional information was issued in June and you didn't respond into November. So that was because you were collecting th that amount of data in a, in a 600 page report. Correct. Yeah. They wanted details. <clears throat> I think so, unless there's questions. Um, so they, this time they also, they wanted to see a timeline for the residential developments. There was a few that we had some information, but we don't have full information on all of the developments. And then they had some questions on the industrial commercial water use that was included and if there was additional on top of that. And then, um, they asked for more updates to the water conservation plan. And so... We've talked through that. I, we have some follow-up items on the EMP because we're still trying to identify whether or not we can get a second site. And um, currently the response is due March 12th and I think we're on schedule to submit the response to the second REI. Um, and, and the way we're, tell me if I'm right in thinking this, the way we're going about doing this is we're, we're getting some consumption from ag wells or we're asking some consumption of ag wells to use it to, to pull from our wells so they're going to retire the ag wells and it's probably not one-to-one -one on the gallons is it well because we're going to use the same lo location it would be one-to-one -one. we've asked for a little bit more with, with the groundwater modeling to establish that the additional impacts will not touch the Hillsborough River groundwater basin Okay, and that's what they want us, they don't want us impacting, right? Yes. Also, what's kind of stirring the additional monitoring they want? Because we're asking for more resource, so they want another site to make sure that we aren't impacting. <clears throat> and that's fairly typical, and you've seen that happen when you ask for increased amounts? Especially in this area of Florida, it's very sensitive, with the Hillsborough Basin being so close. Uh, the Swift Mud folks are very conscious about <clears throat> impacts regionally. So they, they go above and beyond to make sure that they don't have one community impacting another community. And, and, and that makes sense. I mean, um, questions? I mean, do, do you feel like we're getting closer? At, I mean, I know you gets, must get sick of like getting these responses well, for additional we, information. When we put together the first ARI, we were very thorough. We felt pretty confident that we had everything taken care of. As is often the case, things come up, more questions come up. So we, we feel pretty good, especially since the, the meeting we had last week, we went over every one of these points that Michelle mentioned. We have a good handle on what they're asking for. We've told them what we're gonna provide for them as a response. And we think we, we, got, a, we got a pretty good shot of getting it through this time. But as you know, nothing's guaranteed. Sure. So, and things change from day to day. And in these responses, do you, I, I'm sure you include things like the Florida STAR program that we adopted last year 
and um, we're in the, I guess we're not in the process, but we're in the talking stage of implementing a the program where we can retrofit current buildings. That would help with, I guess, the environmental aspect as well. Yes. So we, we need to we need to get moving on that. Along to make sure we encompass these concepts as well as the, the notification programs and that type of thing, which they're asking for <clears throat> for usage and that type of thing. So we're working with staff to make sure we include all of that information in the RA response. So if we do some, after you get the permit, if we implement some of these additional programs, does that provide for additional capacity or is it just something that um, is part of the pro So, I mean, the, the Hillsborough River groundwater basin is at capacity, so <clears throat> looking forward, they're not going to let you get more out of it if you conserve, but the conservation just helps you keep that number and you can stretch whatever water yeah, you have further. further. What hap I mean, right now, aren't we kind of geared towards uh, drawing out of the Withlacoochee Basin? That's where our wells are, are going, and we've cut, shut down some wells. The concept is to try and keep everything in order as far as we can, but still be close enough to the system so that we can easily connect to it. <clears throat> and try to have as minimal impact as we can on the Hillsborough Basin. Yes, we are attempting to do with the Coochie Basin. And, and when we deal with the Hillsborough Basin, I'm sure the city of Tampa is the largest consumption there. Are they under any kind of restrictions? Are they repairing pipes and doing things to, to conserve their own so that everybody around them is not put in this position and they're not? I mean... Well, they, they have a permit, and I think that they would be handled the same if they went and requested an increase in their permit. Right now, I, they have capacity, and they, they do have to do environmental monitoring, and they do have ASRR wells and stuff where they get additional capacity, but um, I, I don't know all the specifics of their permit. Right, but right. I, I do think. But we're being kind of forced north so that we can not adversely impact them, but. Um, yeah, because they're considered an existing user. So, you know, where they were, you know, they can kind of hold that. But they do they they did have to make up some projects to recover. And at, I don't know the exact dates or quantities, but I do believe their permit was cut back at one time. Um, and so they, they're limited what that – they have to work within the permit that they have right now. Aren't we an existing user? We are, but we – it's the quantity at the time of your permit. So we, you know, our last modification, I think we went from 2.9 to a 3.4. 3.3. 3.3. 3.3, three, three, And now we're going up to 4.5. Um, so, so we're increasing quantity. When you increase quantity, you have to look at impacts to existing users. And prove you don't have any. Um. Do you think in, in the near future we're going to have to look at alternative sources of obtaining water? Based on what we're seeing in Florida statewide, that's pretty much a given for everybody. Um, you know, the coastal communities are harder hit than most because of you know, chloride infiltration into the groundwater. And uh, it's, a, it's just a, a fact of life in Florida, especially since you guys not on the coast, but close enough so that you can be impacted. <clears throat> but 
the permit that we are requesting is a 20-year a permit, but that's it only goes to 2040, I guess, because we're three years in. Um, so you have a little bit of a window, but it is always good to look further out and would alternative water supply is where everyone's headed. Thank you. Councilwoman Wilkson. Yeah, so can you, um, just so that there's no misunderstandings here, can you talk to a little bit about, um, you know, there are some other options, for example, Tampa Bay water. So when we talk about running out of water per se, we're talking about accessible and expensive water for in relative terms. So, you know, the county frequently, uh, county officials will remind us, oh, well, you can always get money. You can always get water through the county, which is the Tampa Bay water source. Can you talk a little bit about that for the benefit of those in the audience? We have um, currently an interconnect, an emergency interconnect with City of Day City to the north, running straight up 301. We've got a booster pumping station there. <clears throat> and if necessary, and if they have the capacity, we could draw water, obviously with an agreement from your neighbor to the north. It's, the infrastructure is already there, already set, ready to go. The other advantage of using them is that the method they use for water treatment is the same as yours. So it really wouldn't require any serious or costly modifications to the water as if you wanted to receive it. <clears throat> if you can certainly also connect to Pasco County and get water from Pasco County, but since they receive water from Tampa Bay Water, um, they use a different technique to treat their water. And in order for us to be able to use the water we get from them, we would have to go through another treatment process to modify the water to make it paddle work in our system here. Essentially, they use, they use chlorine and ammonia. We just use chlorine. So we would have to take their water and strip out the ammonia with a chemical process. And then before we accept it, otherwise, we try not to impact our system. We, want to, we don't want to disturb our system. <clears throat> so we'd have to do that. Certainly can be done. Done it before. It's not atypical, but it is not. Um, it's a, it can be rather costly depending on how much water you want to accept. Right. Thank you, Councilman Burgess. And, and, I, and I thank you for coming here and kind of giving us a report. Um, but it kind of brings me to why you're here, I guess. Too. Um, we got a lot of the technical stuff we've just talked about. For us, and I'm going to say you and we, when we I mean council and you I mean your company or whatever, so we hire you to do a job. And so for us to look at stuff, for me anyways, and maybe others feel the same way, I'm thinking there's eight hours in a day, 40 hours in a week. And when I see June till November, that's a lot of hours. Now, we're not, we're not getting any information. So it started off with February 2023, the pre-application meeting to discuss the permit modification. Here we are in February, almost March of 2024. And this is the first we've heard of anything. So for me, I think I would like to hear periodic updates, especially when we have that five month time period there where you know, we haven't heard anything. And I think as you know, we're hiring you again, I'm talking about your company. I think we need to have a little more communication back and forth to us, we as a council, because we have no idea. We're just like, we're in the middle of a moratorium and you know, this just seems like it's taken forever. And I gave an example of a, in another lifetime when I had a different career and, and I had to deal with Swift Mud and I had some engineer that it was taken forever and I went somewhere else and I got results pretty quick. Maybe we as a city need to make sure we're getting information to you too. 
And then we as a city, maybe we should talk to SwiftMUD a little bit more on the side, like, hey, what's going on? Maybe we, we got to do a little bit on our own, too, not just you guys. But I think you being here to explain stuff to us, I would like to see a lot more of that, too. And I appreciate you being here tonight, because this, 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 this helps a lot. To your point, <clears throat> the effort it takes is significant, but it's really been a significant team effort this time around. Uh, the issue that Michelle mentioned before about <clears throat> the details that they're looking for for each one of these subdivisions, the developers they want, the agreements, that information. Um, I know Todd and his staff are working really hard for quite a period of time to try and compile that information. They give us a spreadsheet. It started off, you know, like a page or two, turns into 20 pages, and then it gets burdensome after a while. But it's like, that's what we have to do to, in order to be able to answer the questions so we don't get more of these RFIs back for them questioning, well, did you check this? Did you check that? Um, and we've also, throughout the process, been talking with them as well, saying, okay, here's where we are. Here's what we're going to show you. Is this what you're looking for? And that's kind of a thing that you know Michelle and I have both done throughout our careers. Whenever we deal with the water management districts, it's always the, the communication's key to trying to make sure that you get all your ducks in a row. Um, at the end of the day, somebody's going to look at it and they're going to say, "Well, you know, I think I need to see this too." And there's not a whole lot we can do about that, but I, I think we have a handle on this. Yeah, yeah, and and you know we don't understand your business, so I mean that's that's why we're hiring you too. And but I just think, like you said. Communication is a key, and, and for me, you know, we get up here and we make a decision based on the information that we have, and then we don't we don't hear anything for like a, you know like virtually a year. It's, it's it's hard to keep up with what we're trying to do. So I really appreciate you being here tonight and kind of filling in some of the gaps, and I would really appreciate it if we got more updates like this in a long process like we're going through. Absolutely agree, Doctor. your goal we submit on March they've got what, 90 days 12th I think they've been turning it around within since the 30 days so I oh, oh I'm sorry I they've, they've been turning around the REIs within 30 days so hopefully that we will know the answer 30 days after we submit this next REI response Middle of, middle of April. But, but that the moratorium ends in June, and we, you know, we need to be prepared first of all to protect our existing residents and determine, you know, what what are the limitations that we have because at some point we, we're we're going to have to have a plan B. But, but they could they could request more information at that time too, could they not? I mean, because that's what they've been stringing us along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's nothing stopping them from asking but that's why we are going through the process of having the meeting with them to try to make sure we've been as clear as possible and that that won't happen sure and 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 because you don't want it either you know that's 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 the last thing you want and let me ask you a question I know you talked about the transmission line with Dade City and and I may have asked staff this question but and they might have answered told me the answer but I mean couldn't you go up there and put a well along that transmission line and use it in a different basin to, to push it this way, or they don't let you do that? 
And I'm sure you looked at it, but. Well, I mean, we are going north. It's not a solid, like the groundwater basin, it doesn't have a solid <coughs> like a, boundary. And so that was. It's a graduated like, thing. Yeah, so you would have to go kind of far because they let us get by this time with just doing a limited scope of modeling to show that we're not impacting the Hillsborough River, but it's kind of a one shot. If you can't incrementally, you know, request, you know, no impacts plus, cause we're gonna have to add it together. And so um, whatever we do in the future, we'd have to add those impacts to the, what we've modeled the, so far. Right, right. Um, but I mean, theoretically you could just, you know, put a well in like Dade well, City, well, I, but you just have to go through this process. Cause what I'm thinking in my mind is, well, Dade City's well's up there and it's pumping and it's affecting the thing. So what's the difference between Dade City's wells being up there and our, us having a well up there? You, you, you know, but I get it. I, it's a cumulative effect and it accumulates and, and they have to look at the, look at every, everything. And, and then you'd have to look at existing user impacts to Dade City and- Right, right. And it's not within our utility service area. <clears throat> because we'd be in Dade yeah, City's service area. Would we need it to be because we're just- Possibly. I don't know, because we're not providing it. We're just drawing water. <laughs> yeah, but then we're impacting sure. their ability. I, 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 so, I, so with all of those questions, because I know the, the, a question that's going to come is, what do we do next? And so we're working on setting up a meeting to talk about kind of what is our plan after, you know, should we get the WUP increase? What do we do moving forward for new projects coming in? Um, we, you know, we met with a developer Two week week ago, two weeks ago, um, it's water. outside the city, <laughs> right? You know, there'd be in a county development right. inside our or in our utility service area, mm -hmm. five hundred, just over five hundred homes. What do you do? You know, and they don't have a well on their property, um, so we have to look at those. You know, what are our next steps moving forward? So we have two wells in Richland, on Richland School Road to Richland Road. Are those adequately far enough? Are those far enough to not impact? I know that the um, I know the line can go up as high about as Pretty Pond Road. Yeah. Is that right? That that doesn't impact Hillsborough. Uh, no. no, like Michelle said earlier, though, whether you have an impact depends a lot on how much you draw down, how much water you're pulling out, because that boundary that she's talking about it it, it isn't a fine line. It isn't like here's the Hillsboro and here's the Coochie. As the different sources draw more water out of them, that boundary can shift and move. And one of the things that the district is always asking us to do is using different modeling techniques to determine where that boundary is and where you're drawing the water out of. And that shifts all the time depending on what the usage is and what the drawing, what the uh, uses are out of the, out of the, out of the boundaries. So <clears throat> one of the reasons that they always ask us to do the modeling over and over again is because they themselves update their models on a regular basis based on everybody else's usage. And they've got to, and we've got to verify with their model that, <coughs> sorry, that we aren't impacting based on the most current information that they've got because it, it shifts. But last time we looked at this, the, 11, the wells 11 and 12, which is the farthest one north, were in the Kikuchi. Well, we, when we included them in the um, surficial, well, the, the surface water integrated model that's integrated with the groundwater model, um, we, we maximize the capacity we could get from those wells that are outside of the hill. Like we basically hit the max amount we could get from that location without it 
further impacting the Hillsborough River. So we're kind of capped even in that area. I was under the impression that kind of the Hillsborough Basin fluctuated, but it usually didn't go past Pretty Pond Road. But it could go up to, um, it could go further then, depending on how the draws are. And Um, when you were doing this, responding to the additional information request, and you were working with planning, so what you were doing was you were building into the model, I guess, all the new developments that had been approved and the number of houses and expected use and capacity and things like that. So will this new permit I, I'm afraid to ask this. The new permit will cover the existing developments that we know of that we kind of have grandfathered in. Right. The ones that have been already approved. Anything but, entitled? But what, Anything I'm, what entitled. I'm asking is, will this be really be a 20-year permit? I so mean, is that reasonable to say that? Depends how fast the developments develop. If, if you expand your service area to other areas, it, it, I would not say it would, but the, in, in the process, our starting point was we use SWIFTMUD's parcel-based geodatabase, which, so there is some additional growth on top of that planned development growth that we have those numbers in for that, that's infill or potentially other developments on developable prop property. So they, they put together countywide projections um, that are tied to the county Bieber numbers, and, and that's how they do their growth projections. And then we looked at it and looked at individual places where we knew that we had developments and compared the numbers, and if our number was higher, we added on top of that. And so that's how we got to the number we said that we needed. Um, so realistically, then, we will need to probably look at um, alternative sources down the road. Row. Again, I think like most Florida communities, it'd be well suited to look at alternatives moving forward. So, I, I don't know who other clients you have, but the city of Lakeland and Auburndale and, you know, uh, Plant City, they're, they're really in the same boat we are. They just may not have reached it yet. Most so, communities around Florida. I mean, I think, I mean, what we're going through is a Zephyr Hills problem, but it's also a Florida problem. Yes. Like Polk County, the, all the cities created, I don't know if it's a water, like a water district, and they're doing a deep injection well, I believe, brackish water. Very expensive, <clears throat> but they're going through that process. Again, we may not be running out of water. We're running out of inexpensive water. So Polk we're County is, is bringing the water from further down, treating it. Um, Dade City is going through their WUP uh, increase as we speak as well. Uh, we had conversations about the interconnect. Um, what I was told from the city managers, we've got to figure our system out ourselves first, and then we can have a conversation right. with you. Um, so, yes, it's not just a Zephyr Hills issue. It's the state of Florida booming and the demand kind of happening overnight. Projects that we've had on the books for 20 years, um, projects three years ago that were, or whatever, four years ago, they were 20-year projects. They've built out in 
two, three, four years. And so that's where, in my opinion, we're seeing the issue is you see at the project, for instance, Abbott Square, 600 homes, and within two years, they're probably- It's done. It's, it's pretty, much pretty much done. done. You know, where it was projected in our plan, our original plan of being a 10, 15 year build out. And it kind of happens overnight. That too, in the same area then was the other two developments on the other side of Simons Road were originally permitted in about 2008. That's right. Then the recession hit, then they came back at the same time. And that's kind of why everything came at once. Right. Councilman Proctor. What is all around us? Most of our city. Is that going to affect us getting our permit and the water that they're using? County water. Well, I mean, that's that's why we're ha having such a struggle is because you know, the other, we can't go outside of your service boundary right now. And so we can't count that development. And they're limited as well. So it, we, we can't borrow from them. So, you know, when we do that existing user impact, it's it's pretty... I am not aware, I mean, it shouldn't, you know, right now if we, you know, can show our demand and then show that we're not having an impact on the Hillsborough River, we have our application in, you know, under review. So um, it, it's, you know, I would have expected if that was to occur that the district would have put forth, you know, you need to consider these permits that we are issuing. But I, I think it's kind of first come, first serve, and I'm not aware of any that are potentially impacting you guys right now right now it's just the demand there you got anything Ready? um thank you so much for coming out tonight thank you i hope you get feeling better too but get, get used to that drink keep drinking that zephyr hills water and it'll probably help um but but yeah, yeah exactly um but so so in april we're, we're going to respond in march early march to their request for more information they've been 30 days so into april maybe we'll hope to hear something back could be yeah you got it could be we need more information if we hear anything before then something comes up before then we will certainly come back before you all and, and update you right and the other thing is we've got to start discussions on what are we doing next what's next what's our long term because people are not stopping moving here uh, until we run totally out of water, probably, you know, so we've got to figure out what it is. And, and the bad thing is, as we add these people to the system and our costs go up, some of the longtime residents who've been here, it really starts to impact them pretty, pretty severely. So we've, you know, we got a lot to try and tackle, but we appreciate y'all's help on it, too. So thank you. Mr. Thank President, you. I yes. think that in the near future, we should probably have a... Um, a workshop where we can look at some of the options alternatives. and alternatives and then we can start building a plan from well, there. I, you know, I think that that uh, Commissioner Oakley did the interconnect because he was wanting us to kind of have the cities to have a little consortium for water right. so I don't know if that's it but that's something could we could discuss at that at the workshop right. and, and there's private companies that have capacity that we could look at as well so 
Well, thanks again for coming up. And thank you for your We've work on it, them. too. Okay. Thank you. All right. I think the mayor's done with her items, right? And we take no offense if anybody wants to leave after you're done. That's, that's fine. And we started talking about water consumption, and we lost everybody. So, but, Okay, we're uh, at item two, the consent items. There are quite a few, what, ten of them. Um, does anybody care to pull any of these items? These are all per, these are all part of our these are already budgeted items. They're Correct. all part. We've all yes, we've all discussed these ad, ad nauseum. Yes. To, um, so if there, I don't have anything to pull. Does anyone else? Uh, if seeing none, I'll move to approve uh, the consent agenda items. Second. A motion and a second for approval of all the consent agenda items. All in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. And there was in there a transfer of ownership to the, of the canine. I don't know if you uh, saw to, that. But. To um, Sergeant, Sar now Sergeant Sparkman. Yep, very yeah. good. All right, I'm 3.1, Mayor's Youth Council Amendment. Uh, can I just interject real quick? Just, um, Mayor Monson brought to my attention, I wasn't at the Mayor's Caucus. I kind of just winged the minutes. Okay. But anyway, she brought to my attention, in the minutes, I said that... Um, the mayor had opened the meeting, but actually, or the, the council president. Mm -hmm. Actually, wasn't there. it was the mayor. So okay. do you want me to amend the minutes and bring that, them back? That's fine if you want okay. to do that. Sorry. Okay. So we'll pull that one and uh, for further amendment. Thank you. Now the mayor's youth council. Sorry. Thank you, Mr. President. First reading of ordinance number 1467-24. Ordinance by the City Council of the City of Zephyr Hills, Florida, amending Section 30.140 of the City of Zephyr Hills Code of Ordinances, expanding the student school's grade level eligible for appointment to the Mayor's Youth Council, providing for applicability, repeal or severability, inclusion of the code, and providing for an effective date. All right. Um, is there any explanation on this item? Yeah, we, I, we discussed it. It's been some time, but there was... Uh, and I don't want to speak for the mayor, so she can jump in. But you want there was an issue um, getting enough participation with just high school students, so we're expanding it to include middle school and high school students. Okay, so that's what we did. This was just to enlarge the pool for students. Yeah. That okay. Yeah. Good and idea. It, and it also also gives us a little bit more impact, you know, um, some voice in the community. Okay. So I think it's a good thing. All right. Any discussion on it? Not on entertain. Oh. Make a motion and we pass oh. business item 3.1 on the first reading. Second. Uh, I have a motion to approve item 3.1. It is only one read on this ordinance, right? What's that? Is it only advertised? So it'll oh, come back. It'll be advertised. It'll come time. back again. Okay. Thank you. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. <laughs> uh, item 3.2 indoor and outdoor storage facility moratorium extension. This is uh, first reading of ordinance number 1477-24, ordinance of the city of Zephyr Hills, Florida, amending ordinance 1455-23 to extend the temporary moratorium on receiving and processing plans and permit applications for recreational vehicle storage material, laydown areas, and indoor storage facilities, providing for conflicts, severability, exp expiration, and an effective date. All right. So essentially... Um, we're extending it from the time this is passed six more months. And we have talked about this item at length at prior council meetings. Um, 
any any questions on the only this? Thing I, so we are just going to extend it for six more months. Yes. I move we accept ordinance number the first reading of ordinance number one four seven seven dash two four on its first reading. Second. I have a motion and a second for approval of item three point two. All in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes unanimously. Thank Excuse you. Excuse me, Mr. President, could yes. I ask one just quick question about this? Is the delay because we have not completed our regulations regarding this? Is that our study? Okay. Right. So it's not. All right. Thank you very much. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, Todd. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't. I didn't need you. Sorry. <laughs> I was giving you the quick answer. He, he needed to get out of his seat anyway. Yeah. It's good for him. All right. Th item 3.3, Oakside Cemetery Amendment. This is the first reading of ordinance number 1478-24, ordinance by the City Council of the City of Zephyrhills, Florida, amending section 94.06, installation markers, monuments of the City of Zephyrhills Code of Ordinances, amending the marker requirements in blocks 1 through 8, the old section of the City of Zephyrhills Oakside Cemetery, providing for applicability, repeal or severability, inclusion of the code, and an effective date. So currently, we do not allow um, vertical markers, any any new vertical markers in the cemetery. Uh, there, we've had requests for the old section, sections one through eight, which currently have vertical markers. Um, <clears throat> and so this amendment allows vertical markers to go into sections one through eight, the old section. Any other block or section, they are still a flat marker. And that was, we had the, the lady come down here and ask for exception, right. had several people come in all the time. And it would be like, here's your, here's your parents' grave and you want to put a nice marker and there's one here and one here and I can't do it. So right. I think it makes it easier on staff for sure. Right. May I? Sure. <clears throat> the reason that we are not allowing. Correct. Yep. Yes. I just have a question. Um, how are we going to handle anybody that's been denied this in the past? Um, uh, in the past five years, I think we've had two uh, requests, and they've been both been um, granted. They were okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I, yeah. I just worried. Yeah, about we were that. we were working around it. Um, okay. So I don't think there's any issues. Good. Uh, Thank you. At least in the last five years. Good point. Just to, we don't get that many requests to where it would be a maintenance issue either. Because in the old section, they were already probably a push and mower and everything. In the old section, correct. Right. Yeah, if, if we put it in the new, yeah. the new sections, it becomes an issue. Right. Sure. The old yeah. section, yeah, there, there's already... Um, Eat whacking anyway. Yeah. There, yeah, they have to be very careful through there. Mm -hmm. do, do we still have available... Yes. We do. There's actually a map on my desk, uh, on my table, if you'd like to look at it come in anytime it's on the round table um laying right in the middle miss hillman made it for me um so feeling <laughs> bad we might have a spot for you well and also uh, uh gene whitfield had talked to me about this and it's always an issue <laughs> for him when he's you know there they say can we put above you and it doesn't so i think this is a good thing okay What's your pleasure, Council? I move we approve the first reading of Ordinance 1478-24. Second. Second. A motion and a second for approval of Item 3.3. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 
Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. All right, we're at item four's citizen comments. Is anyone signed to speak? There's no one signed up to speak on this. Well, this, yes, there is. I lied. It's Miss Rosie Paulson. Come forward, Miss Rosie. Just your name and address for the record, and we'll give you three minutes. Um, do I have to say my name? Am I, yeah, name okay, Rosie Paulson, uh, 4730 <laughs> Timberway. Timberway. And um, thank you, City Council, uh, for listening tonight. But uh, we always listen about bad things happening, right? Or when there's no follow-through and nobody comes back and tells you about the good things. One thing you're going to hear about me is the good, bad, and the ugly. But today you're going to hear the good things. So after the mobility meeting where I talk about the lights, uh, the following day, um, the parks and recreation um, person, and I forgot your title, but Shane was there very bright and early in the morning, and I want to give you an update that most of the lights are working. So the, the, the city park is light up. There's just a few lights, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm very proud to live in, in the city of Sefra Hills where people care. And that me as a citizen can make a request and the staff will ask and look into it and get it done. So I just wanted to let you give you, finish tonight with a upbeat and thank you again, Shane, for everything that you did and for your department. Thank you. Our team, they're rock stars. Yeah. Thank, Rosie, thank you. We do hear the bad a lot. You're right. So we hear the bad, but it's great to hear the good. And we heard the good earlier from the Jump Center. So nice. Good, good uplifting night, right? Um, has anybody else signed to speak? Yes, Does anyone care to speak? If not, I'm moving to the next item, which is the mayor announcements. Mayor? I just want to thank everybody that um, helped with the, the park dedication and, and renaming. Uh, it was nice to see. There was probably 50 or more people out there, and I appreciated that. It was a very nice day and very touching, so I appreciate that, and that's all I have to say. All right. Thank you, Mayor. Um, city Manager announcements. Um, just a big thank you to Public Works and, and all the employees that were out at the community cleanup on Saturday. Um, also, I have, and I apologize, I laid something at your desk. Um, it is the rendering of the tennis center. Um, they added brick to it. Um, the question, one of the questions that was asked at last meeting was how far is the building off of the road? The building is um, just under 44 and a half feet off of the road edge. Um, I was told that what you see here is um, there is, an, there is an expense to it. My suggestion is that we bid the project. We continue to move forward. We bid the project, and we bid this and what you saw um, last time as bid alternates, and then that would come back to council to say, yes, we want to spend whatever it may be, um, and then so council has that decision. Um, I know there's been conversations in the past on expenses, for the facility and, and you know, what we spend above grant dollars or appropriation dollars. So staff's been very cognizant of that and trying to stay within those boundaries. So I think an option is to, as we have all of these, bid all those options and then bring that package back to council to say, 
if you if you want this, it's going to cost X. If you want this, it's going to be Y. This will be Z, and then we can build the package together. Um, I also recommend that the center be located um, along Simons Road. Uh, currently, it's 11,000 square foot building. It is a, a square building for the most part, um, and not on that northern uh, portion. I did talk to, or I say Shane and I talked to the architect today. Um, those sidewalls are 35 feet. Um, we had a conversation of trying to lower those sidewalls. And when I say lower, we might be able to go to 28 feet. So there's not as much of a, um, a wall there. Seven feet, I don't know that makes that much of a difference. Um, but you would see more of the, the roof um, because of the pitch would be a, a higher pitch opposed to the, the softer slope. Um, those are my recommendations. Um, are what, there any questions? What was the concern about going on the north end of the site? Um, for me, the, the concern is that we put it up on the north end. Well, one, we have we had an agreement that we negotiated with the, uh, I say, the Lovinger Group, um, and that was a DA, and that we were going to build the 22,000-square-foot building there. Um, there are There is a clause in there that if we don't build there, they could take the property back and then pay their impact fees. Uh, then we'd lose that site. Um, another concern I have is that there are trees there, so if you put outdoor tennis courts, now you become a, a maintenance process of, or um, you know an added maintenance step of cleaning, blowing leaves off the, the uh, court every day. Um, the other thing is if this does get built out to the full 22,000 square feet and you do have a program, say a, um, a banquet of some sort here, everyone has to go through the tennis center to get to this building, where if you have it on that, the southern piece, it can be a separate um, event going on and not impact the tennis center uh, per, se with tra per se with traffic going through it. I would say that is a valid reason. The other three are not. But the, right. the, the, you know, the, the question would be, can we make a cut on Simons Road further north and create parking in that area for a separate event center like that? But if, if we... If we build only, if we stop at 11,000, then the answer would be yes. We could, if we decide to do away with the two extra tennis courts, then yes, we could create parking or build parking there. If the idea is to build the entire 22,000 square feet, no, there would not be, we could make a cut, but there wouldn't be any room for parking because the building would take up that entire uh, open space. So there'd be no parking. Yeah, because I think I had asked for two different site plans to show how that would work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody spent a lot of time on this because I'm looking at this rendering. It doesn't look anything like, I mean, this this is not a good representation of, you know, I, I would prefer to see this stuff in the, in, the, in the packet prior to a meeting like this so that you and I can talk about. So I will take the blame on that. Um, I, I called uh, Aaron today to have the conversation. This rendering was sent to me, I think, a week and a half ago. I did not see it. Um, and so page three that's in your packet, he, at 11.30, I think it was, I was having a conversation with him and said, can you throw, can, not can you throw something on there, but I need to know what the setback is from the roadway. And so that's where page three came from. So that is not on Aaron. That is on me that I missed these renderings to be able to get to you. Um, a week and a half ago. Okay. So, I mean, I, I looked at this, and I looked at, at locating it on the north end. I looked right. at it with not a, not a scale, but, uh, and, you know, there's some parking here. There's also a future building here that, that's new. 
I don't know what that's supposed to be. So that so originally that was going to be um, a, a mixed use type facility. I think uh, like a doctor's office, physical therapy type um, office professional. Um, this is off of a, a I'll say an old plan because they had that building there. Now I think they're talking about soccer fields and some type of sports complex and. Uh, the old Simon's Pool possibly being a, a swim club that's there. Um, so all of this, I'm sorry, you can't see what I'm pointing at. All of this area has kind of changed. Uh, originally, it was the office professional up front and then 69 homes, 65 or 69 bungalow type homes that spread uh, throughout the, the remaining eight acres. Uh, that has, to my understanding, has since changed. They're looking at two soccer fields um, and the swimming complex. I, so when I say swimming complex, they're looking to um, re-renovate the pool, the existing pool that's there, and uh, remodel the house into um, like a clubhouse for the pool. So that's... Yes, go ahead. Um, this might be a stupid question, but the... the the elevation we have right here, this here, is that just for the first phase or is that for the whole thing? That is just for the first phase. Okay, all right. The That's second thing is, um, <clears throat> in regard to location, I went out there, well, I walk out there on Simons Road, and um, I think that the, putting it on the north end would be kind of an affront to the people who live in that first What's the name of that? Square. Abbott Square. Those houses that would look right out on what would really look like a warehouse. And the other one, it's more, it's across from the golf course and more in a, you know, the tennis center in that general area. So I think, you know, at this stage, it's probably better off leaving it where it is um, with that regard. So one of the things that, you know, if we look at this elevation, so there's this, what appears to be a screen, like a mechanical screen of some sort here. Right. So I think this is supposedly the elevation that faces the street. Right. Yet you've created that you've you've indicated somehow that there's 44 feet from. If there was genuinely 44 feet from the road to the edge of the building, I think that would be okay. But now they've introduced some kind of a mechanical element that I would prefer to see on the backside where the parking is. So before I would be comfortable proving this, I would really like to see a legitimate site plan. And even if it's, you know, I don't know, even if it's in two weeks or, or you know, you want to meet with me separately, but right now we, you know, we still don't have enough information to understand what this is really going to look like, in my opinion. And, and I just wanted to add, you talked about lowering the, the roof line. Um, I would be careful on that because, you know, one of the things we wanted to do with this was make it a multi-sport facility. And I'm, I'm not saying I don't know what's going in there, but, you know, if you lower the, the roof line, then the lights come down there too. And if we ever want to have some other type of events in there. And the reason I bring it up is because the Tropicana Dome that was built back in the 90s, first time we went in there before it opened up for baseball, I'm looking at that and said, well, the balls are going to hit those things. And they oh, no, it was designed so the baseballs would not hit those rings. I was at the second game ever for the Rays, yeah. and the guy hit the ring. Yeah. And they had to put special rules in and everything else. So I would be careful about lowering the roof if we're going to be, you know, look at what sports we anticipate possibly being in there for 
other things before we uh, do that. Because yeah, they could put cages around the lights and things like that. Well, I'm not worried about the lights getting hit so much that actual. Yeah, so there's there's if rules it's if it's they set it up and hits one of the lights instead of. Yeah, I think the clearance. I believe it's 32 feet. There has to, there's at least 32 feet. foot of clearance from the ground to the, the bottom of the first structure. You, you know, a light or um, um, sprinkler system or AC system. So um, we'll have to look as at long that. as we make sure we take a look. And then I took an, I wrote the note of um, the site plan. Um, and Billy, you're looking for just a consensus right now, or what? what? Yeah, okay. just to to keep moving forward. Um, this is a state appropriation that we have to spend by 25, June of 25. We got to get going said? on it. Correct. Yes. So yeah, we need to move then. Well, we so. We already authorized purchase of the building. It's just massaging some of those things. And so maybe if only some of these elements with the brick and things like that, maybe if those only occurred on the front side of the building and the side of the building, the front side and the, and the side that faces the parking lot, the public part, you know, maybe that would be good enough. Yeah. And, and, and I like the idea of go ahead and see, use them as an add-on to the contract and see what, you know, see what they cost. But um, what the is the consensus is go ahead and move forward with this as presented. And also, let's talk about the site just a second. The, the original site is okay. I know, I know you, you have issue with it, but you okay with the original site? I can't, uh, Councilman Burgess, you original well, site? Well, I think so. And we discussed about those trees, and I'm, I don't think it's going to fit behind them trees that I went out there and looked at it too. And, and I mean, that would have helped. But I don't think you'd be able to do it without taking those trees down. Yeah, I, I want you to look at that very closely. Yeah, I mean, if it fits, because we were, supposed, we were talking about marking it off so we could go take a look at it. Because everybody just gets rid of the trees, and a lot of times you don't have to. They'll right. live. That was part of the conversation today was those trees, and can they be saved? Um, and if they cannot, what does the landscaping plan look like to, not that you're going to replace that canopy, oh, you ain't. Um, but to, to try to help screen. So. Um, that'll be something else that we talk about with Aaron again. Well, even if you did um, angle parking and, you know, slide the building back another eight feet or whatever, and then you, you know, got rid of that future building or made it smaller and used that for parking because that was always the discussion, you know, maybe that maybe that will work. And I'm just telling you that when we built the golf course road in there, we did that, we had the... You can go see, look at the tree wells we put in. I mean, you, you can you can save them. So don't don't get rid of them if you don't have to, please, um, because it, that that tree a tree canopy does a lot to hide something, you know. And uh, we need to just try and keep it. So so you've got the consensus, I think, Billy, right? Perfect. Okay. Well, well, thank you. And any anything else? I know you're on have vacation for the next week. Todd's okay. the acting CM, so okay. take it easy on him if you can. There, really? there goes the city. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, anything else, Billy? No, no, sir. That's it. Okay, thank Matt you. Matt's not feeling well. He stepped out. Oh, he didn't feel so, good. Yeah. Is he all right or just? I don't know. He said he wasn't feeling good. I said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I hate don't need that. To hear any Your mask. Yeah. yeah really. <laughs> Step away. Okay. Uh, city council comments. We'll start down here with Councilman Burgess. Uh, I just real quick, like I'm, I'm, Melanie, I appreciate you trying to get that mayor's youth council going and whatever we got to do to get it going because it's a, it's a great program. We've seen some of the other cities and how successful they've been with it, and I, I, I'm just very disappointed in the, uh, you know, we're just not getting the support that I think it deserves. But so, anyways, by doing what you're doing, I think that'll help. That's all I have. Thank you. 
Councilman, Councilwoman Wilson. Yeah, so just oh, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Just real quick, like I brought these uh, coasters in. You guys, I just brought them. We can leave them here if you want, or you can. Um, they have for them. For my on. water. I didn't have enough. I only got five, <laughs> six. Six, I only had six. Oh. You can have one. You can have mine. I see, I see yeah. where Matt and I rank. Yeah. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> yes. So um, I just wanted to reiterate that, um, uh, Mayor, that I feel the same way. I think that, um, you know, when we go to these learning opportunities, you know, when we go to League of Cities and things like that, it's a great learning opportunity. And often we get to meet young people from other communities and they learn a lot. So you know, from being involved and it gives them an opportunity to learn about, you know, all the different departments and what they do. And it's a great, it's a great process. So also I just wanted to congratulate, he's not here anymore, but um, Sergeant uh, Sparkman, I had the opportunity to meet he and Jax. I did a ride along with him and it was, God loved the dog bark the whole time because he thought I was trying to get, <laughs> trying to get the Sergeant. But, uh, we switched cars later, and, and it turned out really nice, but it was nice to get to know him. And, um, you know, he's replacing, uh, not that he could ever be replaced, but moving up because of the loss of Sergeant Dixon, and I think he'll do a great job in that role. Good job, Chief. Thanks. Thank you. Councilman Proctor. <clears throat> Well. Is it working? There you All go. Right. Anyway, what you're doing for the veterans is very close to my heart. My father was a veteran, and my son is currently serving in Germany, and I really appreciate um, you doing this for them, and I think it'll be a great thing. I can't wait to go down and see what you're doing now that you're the new owner, and I thank you for that. And Shane, great job on that cleanup. I, I mean, a lot of people got a lot of their stuff out of their yard and such oh yeah most definitely and and mayor uh, definitely the youth council i think if we can get it rolling would would be a great thing maybe we can get some future council people because there you, you go know, like i said we're not getting any younger hey speak for yourself councilman spenna <laughs> yeah i'd like to just give a shout out to Joni too for everything that's gone on at Skydive City for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that they're growth. Right. And you know, I, you know, you can't talk during this thing, but my nephew is in the army and he was in Iraq and he's a doctor, a military doc, medical doctor, military doctor. And he actually flew on the medvacs that went out into the field to, when they, people were injured, soldiers were injured. So that's a heck of a job to come back on the helicopter with a, Patient. So when you talk about how his life changed like that, it, it just was, I found it really, really moving. Very touching. Um, and, and the Ellis Harold Park dedication was, was fantastic. There was a lot of people, the community was very um, enthused about the change. Um, we got a lot of coverage, Kevin put the word out well. And, um, and the Parks Department cleaned the park, they put a new roof. They put new mulch and trim around the playground equipment, uh, striping. Uh, they even put the new city seal on the back backboard. I, I caught that there. That's great. So, um, so that was a job well done. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I just like Chief and I went Friday to Treasure Island. We've been meeting 
with the, the CHIPS organization, has been meeting with Treasure Island and Gulfport on solutions they have, things they're doing for their homeless. And their situation's a lot different than ours, but a lot of the ideas are um, shareable. And so we're learning about that, and I think we'll probably have a report to you in a couple weeks about some of the things that they're adopting and enacting here that'll help. Um, one thing is they do have a, you probably know this already, but they do have a homeless liaison appointed now out of the <coughs> department, and that's his, his job. So uh, <clears throat> that's what he's doing now as an effort to kind of get a handle on that. So that's, um, that's awesome. Healy, Seth Healy. So, um, <clears throat> so thank you, Chief. Thank you. Okay, very good. Um, I want to thank uh, Shane's crew for, and Billy also, I had text Billy a picture of the YMCA retention area was need, of need of some help. They were out there quickly. Man, it looks great, Shane. Thank you so much. Tell those guys thank you. I stopped down there and talked to them a little bit, but they do a great job. I mean, they, they go in there and get it and, and do a fantastic job. I'll wait until these guys get finished talking. Y'all finish? <laughs> Y'all finished, guys? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Just there with the class. <laughs> Rob Fennell, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, that's all right. I, I, I will get on you, though. You know, no, you, you, know, you know I'll call you out now. Um, uh, we had walked on Geiger Road uh, on Thursday. Thursday, there was a, a, several of us that went walking on Geiger Road. And when I say walking, we were looking at different options that we could help the pedestrians along Geiger Road. It's very dangerous, it's dark at night, people walk right in the road, the road's in terrible shape, so we went with our, our planning staff, the county, the mayor was with us, uh, some MPO staff, so hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll at least start planning what we can do on that road. Um, and we, I think we had looked at it as a, we had been talking about resurfacing, but I don't think we're gonna use that term anymore. We're gonna be looking at the roadway as a whole and, and maybe the road should be shifted over some to give you room for a sidewalk on one side. Because when they looked at the condition of the road, the, the, the base was such where they don't think they're gonna be able to use that anyway. So that being said, we might be able to move the road a little bit and get more room for the pedestrians. But thank you for going out there and thank you staff for doing that. And it, actually it was a really beautiful day that day. Is that still, sorry, is that still part of the fiscal year 24-25? Like this upcoming October? Well, no. You mean as far as resurfacing? Mm -hmm. But they had money? No. They're going to, they they redid all of this stuff. I mean, that got slid way back. So it wasn't going to happen anyway. Um, from what we had, we had talked to them, um, I guess they, they did a, they changed the way they reallocated the roads that needed to be resurfaced. So even though that is a need to resurface, it got kind of, put back down but we we think we have a way we can pull some money from the MPO from the county and and see if we can't get it better than it would have been just resurfacing because it, it is bad and, um, and we're going to get a report within the next week yeah, we should be getting yeah, should a get a report on the walk so and we'll the traffic they measured the traffic it was really uh, interesting because they walked along there they measured the the speed of the traffic they talked about different things along the way so I think it was helpful and hopefully hopefully be productive um, I don't know if you noticed in one of the items that we had on our consent agenda, it was we are uh, hiring a Audrey, who was yeah. a former former staffer here, as a uh, consultant. And I think that's smart. 
I think that's a smart way we have to do stuff. We can't get people. Sometimes that's what we've got to do. So we've got to start thinking about that. Like I said, I had said this before. Um, the new generation coming up, my, my daughters want to work from home. They want a hybrid job. If you're going to get really good people, we're going to have to start thinking creatively on it. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm very serious because it's, it's coming quickly that, the, that they, want, they want flexible work days. They want, they want that. And I know, you, I know you're saying, oh, well, they don't want to work. Well, they do want to work, but they want to work on their terms. And I, that's not so bad, right? I mean, I don't think. I, that's what I want to do too, right? But, but think about it. Think about ways that we can be creative. And I, I know one of the departments was talking about a four-day week. So think about that. That's the way you get good people. That's the way you really get the best people. So, and not that we don't have good people. That's the way you keep good people, too. So anyway, with that, uh, anything else? If not, meeting adjourned. Yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Sorry. I knew y'all would take it. I was like, stay out there. Don't get any closer to me. I was asking what you had.